0: What is up, diehards? Wes Monell, and Drew LaQuesta in the building for AWOL Sports. Today we got some Q&A. We got five questions for each other. We don't know what they are. Haven't peaked or anything like that. So let's start right off the top, Drew. My first question for you, man. Do Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or Aaron Rodgers ever win another Super Bowl?
1: You know, I actually thought... This would be the year for Drew Brees. Uh, I mean, it's too early to call it quits or throw in the towel for that team. We know they have studs and a lot of veterans on that side of the ball, and they've made the playoffs consistently. Um, obviously, a rough start for them. It's kind of hard to put Tom Brady up there. Obviously, with a with a new team and new weapons, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened for Tampa Bay. But out of the three, I think for how young Aaron Rodgers has looked over the past couple years and how powerful this offense is with a new coach and with a new style, and they could still be getting better, I'm going to take Green Bay on this one and go with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Nice, nice. Well, do you buy Aaron Rodgers actually winning it, or do you just think he has the best chance of the three? I think he has the best
1: chance of the three. We'd still like to see a little bit more improvement on on defense. Uh, We haven't seen them against one of the top five or top ten even, um, defending teams against the run. So if, if they can slow down Aaron Jones, we want to see exactly what these receivers can still do against man coverage. Um, they lost Bulaga in the off season. That's not the biggest piece on the offense. The O-line still looks good so far, but it was a lackluster pack rush from the line uh, pass rush from the Lions. It was missing pieces from the Vikings. So still some questions out there. They look great, but I'd still like to see them pass a few tests
0: for sure. I like it. What do you have for me?
1: Alright, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk upcoming games here for week three. So on the week three schedule, in your opinion, out of all these matchups here in this next coming week, which game do you think has the biggest blowout potential for these games? We have some few matchups such as Tennessee at Minnesota, Niners hobbling with injuries at the Giants, Bengals at Eagles, Jets at Colts, which of these games, maybe one that I didn't mention. Do you think has the biggest blowout potential?
0: Good question, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of eyeballing. Believe it or not, I was kind of eyeballing the Raiders and the Patriots.
1: Whoa! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was eyeballing it. I'm not going with it, but it's something I've actually been mulling over. I, I like to, like to, you know, bet every week. A little parlay here and. Uh, Look, I, I know it would be an upset for the Raiders. The Patriots are actually favored by five. I, I don't know, man. It's a different defense to me. So, look, I know I'm just touching upon that game. We'll, we'll get to our week three preview uh, in the next episode. So, look, I'm not going with that game, but I'm not going to lie to you. That's kind of where my thought process was going as I was matriculating <laughs> through the slate, to be honest with you. Uh, normally? I would pick the Niners at giants, but San Francisco is just so injury riddled, man. Uh, It's almost like they sold, sold everything just to win, go for it all and win it last year Uh, and they almost pulled it off, but it's so hard for that runner up to, to come back the following year. And we're, we're seeing that already in the first month. Uh, So I am looking at Tennessee at Minnesota. I know. I know Tennessee isn't known for blowing people out or anything like that. I just didn't like Minnesota coming into the season. I don't like what I've seen so far, despite some comeback attempts in green Bay, man. I I like Kirk cousins. I'm not saying he's elite. I like Dalvin cook. He's probably elite. Just not a guy I trust. Adam Thielen, I like, but over 30, he's got a little back problem that, that, you know, who knows if that pops up, uh, but as for this particular week. I know the Jags hung in there with the Titans, three-point win, came to a last-second field goal. I know that's the style of play the Titans do where it's it's close games because they just play physical football, try to take the air out of the ball. I don't see Minnesota stopping them even without A.J. Brown. Uh, the spread, let's see, trying to look here, and it's two-and-a-half for Tennessee. I, I'm expecting like a 10 to to 20 point win. Uh, if I'm putting money down, I'm betting on Tennessee for sure. Uh, as far as total margin of victory, I, I just couldn't go with the Ravens this week or the chiefs. They play each other. I couldn't go for green Bay or new Orleans. They play each other. Dallas and Seattle are on fire offensively. They play each other. We have some awesome games this week. Uh, I guess you could say Tampa Bay, Denver, but Man, I mean, it's at Denver. Tampa Bay has some kinks to to figure out, uh, you know, in their backfield. We don't have answers yet. And this will be the first game they have Godwin and Evans healthy going into the game. So normally, like I said about the Niners, I'd pick the Buccaneers, but I, that's not where I'm going here. And kind of to finish the rest of the slate, why I don't think any other teams win bigger than the Titans. I don't think the Lions are bad. So, and I don't see the Cardinals blowing them out, Carolina, Los Angeles chargers, new quarterbacks in new places. I think that's going to be close, even though the Panthers don't look good defensively, no CMC. I just don't see the chargers blowing anybody out, especially with a rookie making his second start. You look at the jets and the Colts. I don't see it there. I know everyone just hates the jets, uh, but I have to see more out of the Colts to say that they're reliable uh they they let most of the betting world down week 1. Uh there's no way I'm picking that Bears Falcons game to be a blowout. Uh same thing can be said for the Bengals and Eagles. So yeah, I'm sticking with Tennessee blowing out the Vikings in Minnesota. The I know that that probably surprises you and a lot of people, huh?
1: No, I'm, I mean I get it. You know, we we both talked about the Vikings and we've had, you know, pretty similar comments over the Vikings of the past 2 weeks. Again, the Titans look like they have Something clicking at quarterback and with that receiving core and we know the Vikings are struggling with four out of uh, The five new starters for their for their secondary and I do like that Yeah, Titans don't really win big, but if that defense gets rolling They know that they can create turnovers and cousins is prone to turnovers um, My initial reaction though my initial reaction came because my pick was actually actually Oakland at New England And I don't remember if you chose one side or the other but my side was actually on New England was what was
0: your side on oh man i i put money down on vegas
1: oh man okay (laughs) um yeah i don't know something something about that new england game Uh, i could have been wrong coming into the season but the last 18 years belichick after a loss they lost against seattle on prime time he's 47 and nine i think he lost to russ again in prime time he lost to pete again in prime time and he's hosting another pretty iconic coach in John Gruden. I think mentally this is a statement game for him. Um, offensively, they're both great on third downs. I just think the the big number that I see here is Las Vegas is 30th in defending for yards per play. So I think New England comes out with chunk plays and, and takes a big win in this one.
0: Fair enough. I totally get it. And we'll definitely dive more into that three week three, three, three preview coming up. Uh, I got my second question for you who is the most underrated at their position between Matt Ryan, Aaron Jones, or Stefan Diggs?
1: I think Diggs has earned and has been talked about, especially with with him being an elite fantasy player already. I think his name has been tossed around the league as an elite player, as a star player, and he's definitely showing that. Um, I could see where people are questioning Matt Ryan I do like Matt Ryan a lot. I think he deserves a lot more credit than what he has been given. I think a lot of the times he's not in the perfect situation, which I get it. I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks don't always have the best situation, but that does matter. Um, Just like how Rosen uh, ended up getting into the NFL, where his career is at now. Same thing for Darnold. And then we look at the positive, like Lamar getting getting, uh, surrounded by anything that will help his offense and his style of play. Same thing with Mahomes. So it does play a big part. Um, I I like Aaron Jones. I think he was kind of overlooked because he's not the biggest back, but he's shown that he could run between the tackles. He's very shifty. Um, So that's kind of a toss-up between Ryan and Jones, but I'll go with Matt Ryan because I know he's overshadowed, especially with now Tom Brady and Drew Brees in his division. He's super accurate. He's never really had a great O-line. He's always been prone to throw a bunch of touchdowns. He has elite receivers, but he's also on target most of his games. I don't that I don't attest a lot of their losses to Matt Ryan I think it's more of an organization and the pieces around them
0: I get it and again I get it Uh, that I I think all three are underrated which is why I put these three on this on the radar here instead of another player Uh, I think they're all underrated at their respective positions so you wind up going with Jones over Ryan right
1: uh i'm going with ryan jones was close uh jones was close but i'm definitely going matt ryan
0: okay okay uh i really want to uh for this particular question splitting hairs with these three i have to go with aaron jones personally uh but i do think it's splitting hairs so uh i mean look green bay they draft a a running back high they have jamal williams there too they have a future hall of famer at quarterback and one of the stud receivers and the guy, their offense features and the engine that makes them go, Aaron Jones is such a touchdown machine. And I feel like when you talk top five, top seven backs on an individual level of talent and production, that his name rarely comes up, or if it does, it's on the back end. That bothers me because you you agree with me. In the preseason, yeah. in the pre-season yeah. we had Aaron Jones ranked higher than Dalvin Cook in the NFC North. I mean, yeah,
1: I, we've seen one year, you know, we, we talked about the contract for Dalvin, we talked about what we've seen, and I think you're right, I think if we look back at the at the production from Aaron Jones, there was a lot put on his shoulders, there was a lot relying on him to succeed, and he didn't only do it on the ground, he did it in the pass game, and it's not like Dalvin taking checkdowns and Dalvin's shifty too, he's great in open space, but you see Aaron Jones out there actually running routes and catching against man coverage, so I really like Aaron Jones moving forward over Dalvin Cook.
0: As do I. Uh, Green Bay better get that contract done. I don't care who else is in that backfield. (laughs) This man is on fire. He's got a nose for that end zone. All right. You got another one for me?
1: I do. Uh, A little bit similar to the first question talking about week three schedule. Uh, We talked about the biggest blowout, but there's a lot of tough matchups on this schedule coming up in week three. Which one of these matchups do you believe – is on upset alert which team do you think not favored or not betting on to win uh actually takes home or has the closest opportunity to take home the win
0: well i guess i'll have to exclude my first answer of the raiders because i do think they're gonna win outright to be honest uh that's just my pick and uh we'll we'll, we'll touch on the details as to why more uh for this question let me scramble a little bit away from that one uh and, man, it's, the giants would actually be an easy pick, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it sounds really weird to say out loud. I know no Saquon Barkley and people don't think much of that defense, which I do think has improved, to be honest, under the radar. I think the giants have made improvements defensively. I think their past game is going to get there. I know Sterling Shepard may miss a week or two. It let me put it this way. We know Daniel Jones is going to pass the ball all day. Now the rest yeah. of the year, that's yeah. a, that's a fact. So for that alone, I, I, I will say that I can't pick the giants this week, but I could see that one. To be honest, uh, we, we, we're looking at a slate with Cincy and Philly. I, the game's in Philly. There's no fans since he's the underdog by four and a half points. Hey, it, I'm, I'm a, I'm a betting man. I know I'm an Eagles fan. That might be the smart play to be honest with you. Uh, if, if you're, if you have no association with the Bengals and the Eagles, and you've seen how Philly has played the first two weeks, week one, it was their offensive line and they got stagnant. No one did anything in the second half and Wentz didn't look great to, to say the least. Uh, week two, look, I think they're totally They're totally reliant on Miles Sanders in the rugby game, not only for balancing their offense, but for helping that defense too. Uh, Look, I think Darius Slay is playing better than his grade on PFF, but he's not graded high after a couple of weeks. Joe Burrow, we know it's going to take some time, but we also know that he has the targets Mixon included in the passing game. I think they should use him more, to be honest, Uh, but that's another conversation for another day. I, I mean, if you're betting for an upset, and you're not there with the giants because they're going to be one dimensional and if you're not with me on the raiders because of bill belichick after a bye granted i will say that was with tom brady my man (laughs) that's that's a big difference there um and i'm still peeking down the list here i mean the panthers have a shot i don't know why they're six and a half point underdogs to be honest they have a shot i i know their defense isn't great but second start for Justin Herbert so if you're looking at other upsets and you don't like any of the ones I picked even though I think you should uh those are some of the other ones around the league I don't I don't think Detroit's ready to beat a team like the Cardinals right now they're kind of feeling themselves and then the other games are the tough games of the weekend that you expect to be close so all in all I'd probably have to if I'm excluding that Raider game I'd have to give you the Bengals does does that surprise you
1: yeah, it kind of does. I mean, obviously you're an Eagles fan, but, you know, I trust you and I, and I trust your judgment. Um, what I mean by that is looking at it uh, without bias and looking at it just a straight up matchup, straight up statistically and what we've seen so far in these games when we rewatch the film. So, hey, man, proud of you for doing that. I, I know what you see in Burrow. I, I see some of that, too. We're wishing more from the Eagles. Obviously, I had them in the AFC title game, so hopefully they turn it around. Um, the game that I was kind of looking at is the 0-2 Texans at the 2-0 Steelers. Steelers favored um, as far as right now. I don't know if the point move, but they're favored by four points. There's just something about that. The Steelers. One thing I saw about them statistically is they'd have at least one giveaway in each one of their in each one of their games. I don't really like that. We've seen um, a backup quarterback in Denver almost come back in scoring position and tie the game against his defense. So, I don't like seeing that. I know Deshaun Watson's getting frustrated. Eventually, this receiving core has to click. I don't think it's going to be beautiful. I think it'll be a, a really tough turnover, lackluster, terrible third down kind of game. But I think Deshaun Watson makes just that one or two extra plays uh, and win by a field goal.
0: Hmm. That's interesting take for everyone here, including myself, man. I like it. I dig it. I don't agree with it. I, I, I would. <laughs> Would totally hit the smash button on bed on Pittsburgh, to be honest. Uh, but hey, we'll dive on that more into week three in that episode. Um, one last thing. Uh, last time the Eagles and Bengals played, I mean, <laughs> 2016, the Bengals won 32 to 14. And then you scroll back, 2012, the Bengals won 34 to 13. And then. Wow. In 2008, Donovan McNabb, the infamous, he didn't really know about tie games in overtime. <laughs> 13, 13 final score. And then the game before that, we're reeling back into the history here just to see the history between these two teams when they, when they square off, because it's not too often. 2005, Bengals blew him out a third time, 38 to 10. It, it, it's been since the year 2000 since Philly beat Cincinnati. Uh, And that was 16 to seven final score. Uh, It's just an interestingly weird matchup for the Eagles. I'm rooting for the victory, man. It's just so peculiar. uh, And they haven't been too hot. Of course, it's a good spot for a turnaround game. You would think I just, I can't let go of of recent history between these two teams. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, Definitely some interesting history. What is it about the Bengals? But nice find, my man.
0: Thank you, brother. And uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Number three for you. Even if not this year, who would you bet is the next non-quarterback to win most valuable player? Hmm.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I got two guys. One's an obvious choice. Second is just going to be what you and everyone else that's listening has heard this whole year preseason and in fantasy I'm going to like CMC he's just so he's just so useful and he's he's multiple He he's so hard to, to defend against because you never know where they're going to line him up even when you think you have him surrounded this guy is so shifty he's got some of the greatest hips that we've seen this guy can cut on a dime his spin move is insane for for a small frame like that he actually does fall forward a lot, like a lot, like uh, Ezekiel Elliott does, and his stiff arm is pretty good. So this kid is just magic. I, I like CMC. Obviously, everyone knows that he's a star and he can produce, but I think he has what it takes to carry a team. And it's just like it's—you can't help but notice it. And for a non-quarterback to produce that much and for to hold a team on his back that much, I think he's one of the candidates. But I'm going to also look for a young running back to explode i think we're kind of seeing a mold here with the indianapolis colts going old school giving the rookie in his second game jonathan taylor 26 touches they just straight up let him have the offense so if they're going to continue with that especially with this offensive line if they can protect their quarterback when needed and they could just rely on jonathan taylor who knows how many touchdowns this guy's going to get when he's in full control of this offense either this year or next year maybe they get a different quarterback next year philip rivers doesn't work out but. I mean, the sky's the limit. He's already shown what he can do with NFL uh, defenses, and it's pretty impressive.
0: That's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. So, obviously, the CMC pick would be for a future year. Uh, Hey, I think that's a cool pick. One player I could see is one we actually already talked about on the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones. Man, I I know it's hard, but if we're picking a non-quarterback, I got to give the edge to a running back over a receiver. So I'm looking at the running backs and we've already seen how remarkable CMC has been, how fantastic Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott have been. We actually haven't seen the fullest potential, I don't believe at least, of Saquon Barkley, but it kind of looks like he has an uphill battle to come back, let alone dealing with his team. So I circle back to Aaron Jones. Look. I I, obviously Aaron Jones has a better chance at MVP without Aaron Rodgers, but that can be possible as early as next season or the following Uh, in the next two years, we could see the Aaron split apart by the Packers. So look, I love everything he does on the ground, pass protection, receiving. I think he's as close to unguardable as an, as a non elite quote unquote running back to most of the football world. I think this guy's elite. I think he does it all receiving and passing and if he gets the show kind of like Derrick Henry gets the show kind of like Zeke got it before Dak Prescott got got the ball in his hands from Kellen Moore I mean dude Aaron Jones is just a flat-out stud to me he might be the topic of this episode to be honest Uh, and uh, so if I had to pick another player I'm not going wide receiver here so I, I'm sticking in the backfield, and I'd probably looking at Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. But that's kind of peering into the future because we know MVP is pretty much a quarterback award. So, uh, but hey, none of us here picked a wide receiver that I, I find that interesting, but kind of predictable, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It, it's hard without a season like a Jerry Rice or a season like Randy Moss did i mean that's pretty hard now since you see a lot of two and three receiver sets and a lot of those two and three receiver positions are filled with with talent not to mention either one or two athletic tight ends so it's pretty hard to take it i mean a lot of teams right now aren't favoring just one receiver there's always that second or third guy so yeah receiver is pretty hard one to win for mvp i agree
0: that's for damn sure all right man hit me
1: All right, man, playoff teams from 2019. We've seen in the past, at least in the past five years, I don't like to look too far from that. So the past five years, only 47% of the teams that made the playoffs repeated the year after. And I know it's a little bit different this year because there's an extra team making it on either side of the conference. But I mean, you got New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, Houston, Tennessee, KC on one side on the other side you got philly green bay minnesota new orleans niners and seattle so out of those teams even with that seventh spot which team do you think does not make it to the playoffs this year
0: great question i hope everyone's answering that in their heads right now and i I hope they tweet it out to us or facebook it to us that that's a good question drew uh One that I'm prepared for, to be honest, Uh, look, I didn't have the Minnesota Vikings making the playoffs in our preseason predictions, so that's an easy one for me. I also didn't have the New England Patriots making the playoffs. I'm not going to say that's an easy one just because I didn't put them in it, but obviously I'm not buying Minnesota or New England, so that's two right off the bat there. Uh, And then, look, Houston's 0-2. They got an uphill battle, and their division's tougher than people think. I, I usually think higher of the AFC South than most people look, not everyone's going to have two, two teams get 10 wins in that division. That's just not, that's tough. That's not always going to happen, but it doesn't mean the others aren't that great. Three of the four teams every year in that South, they're pretty good. They're in the middle of the pack and they make the rest of the league work for those victories more times than not. So I have many in new England, not even making it. I think Houston is on that bubble. Over in the NFC, we talked about it. Philly is on that bubble. Philly is on the ropes. But even in a worse situation than they are, San Francisco. So, I mean, they're just battered by injuries. And I'm one of the very few people that question the 49ers in general, especially offensively. I don't trust any individual on that offense aside from George Kittle and maybe Trent Williams. Other than that, it's Kyle Shanahan and a bunch of good talent, but nothing that I'm afraid of uh, to go against, to be honest with you. So I got San Fran as an easy pick not to make it, especially now. I got Minnesota not in. I have New England not in with Houston and Philly on the bubble, man. Yeah, man. Good
1: points. Good good choices. Obviously with couple of teams going through injuries and, and definitely a slow start offensively. I, I thought New England would struggle too. I'll still stick with my, with my thought of them not making the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota was one of mine also. The other one that I had as one of my strongest guesses not to make it was Houston. Um, so, you know, it's just new receivers. It doesn't look like it's clicking now. I think Deshaun Watson's just going to be playing catch up and hero ball. It doesn't like look like this team has a solution to stop the run. Um, so I, I'm, I'm choosing Houston as one of my strongest picks not to make it this year uh, out of those uh, ones that you mentioned already.
0: Yeah. An o and Owen, two hole is not gonna, is not going to help that cause at all. And that's where they see themselves. All right. Next question for you, Josh Allen and Teddy Bridgewater are top five in passing yards right now. Josh Allen, number one and Teddy, Teddy Bridge is number four. Look, uh, After, you know, Josh Allen, he set a career high in week one, 312 yards. In week two, another career high, 415 yards. Then Teddy Bridge gets a second chance to be a starter. He throws for 269 week one, followed by 367. And of course, Christian McCaffrey is out for a month or so. Drew, do you think Allen or Bridgewater finished top five at the end of the year? um i don't know about top
1: five i don't think either will make top five uh if i were to pick between the two on who would stay close to at least top five or make it in the top 10 i am picking teddy bridgewater i know we've liked what we've seen out of josh allen i think he's still naturally going to be better on the run using his legs in pressure situations i think they're kind of shining digs a little too much and that is going to be a focal point for for defenses moving forward. And keep in mind, I mean, they did ball out the first two games, but those first two games were against the Jets and the Dolphins. So two two teams with not that really many uh, playmakers on the defensive side. We know both are sort of rebuilding, losing a lot of stars. I know the Dolphins did a good job in, in acquiring some free agents, but it it's still the Dolphins and it's still the Jets. So I don't really hold on that offensive uh, powerhouse from from the bills too much right now moving forward i just think one big name for carolina is joe brady joe brady was the passing coordinator last year at lsu did a great job with the borough he did it under the stint with drew Brees in new orleans with sean payton too so i think this guy knows what he's doing uh he's done it in college and he's done it in the pros for many years and i mean you could see with teddy bridgewater right away uh, teddy bridgewater and a lot of film rooms, a lot of the, uh, his coaches in the past teams have always said that Teddy Bridgewater picks up a playbook really, really fast. And it looks like he picked up this playbook pretty quick, especially without CMC for multiple weeks. I think, you're like you said the other day, it's going to be a one dimensional offense. And I think he has enough targets and he's poised enough. He's a veteran. I think he's going to strive in this offense from Joe Brady. And I mean, we've already seen the defense unable to keep teams under 20, 25 league average. So it's going to be a shootout. Most games are coming from behind. That's just more yards for Teddy Bridge.
0: Excellent points, man. Uh, when I look at Josh Allen, you're 100% right about the competition he's played the first two weeks. I will throw in a little nugget, though. When you play division rivals like that, I know it's the Jets. I know it's the Dolphins, a couple of rebuilding franchises. They still know you and who you are and it wasn't their first time going against Josh Allen. They have the scouting report on Stephon Diggs, so they know better. And if anyone else sees enough of Josh Allen and the Bills offense, it's those two teams. So I'll give them a little bump in credit, but you are right. Those aren't the two best defenses in the game right now. Uh, I think Allen and Bridge, I think they both have a legitimate chance to finish top five because I'm looking at this list right now we expect Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott to be up there. Right now, they're currently number two and number three. That's probably not going away, but you look at number five, six, and seven. Russell Wilson hasn't been a guy to throw for that type of yardage. Right now, he's fifth, usually a run team. I know they play inside, but they've been such a good road team over the past couple of seasons, especially last year, that, man, I just think they're gonna pound the rock when when the winter time comes. Uh, which has been the recipe for success, I mean, unless they're going to really push for this let Russ cook thing and really push for him to have an MVP campaign, which all of us are probably in favor of unless they play us that particular week, odds are Russ isn't staying up there in passing yardage. And then number six and number seven are two veterans and you may or may not believe in them individually or their targets. And that's Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers. I highly doubt both of those guys stick get, sneak up into the top five. And then number eight, surprisingly, is Cam Newton. I don't think anyone expects him to finish top five. Jared Goff at number nine, he absolutely has a chance. At, I mean, Jared Goff throws the ball as much as anybody else in the game. He did great last year. I, I know it was, it's tough for some players, but, man, Goff has proven that you can lean on his arm to move the offense on a weekly basis. So, Not an easy thing to to do. And then number 10 and 11 are two veteran quarterbacks that were injured last year. Matthew Stafford, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I think both have the weapons to do it. And I think Stafford can do it individually. So a few other names in there. But even if those names pass them up, I kind of don't see Allen or Bridge dropping past six or seven. If that, Um, I guess I have a piggyback question for you. Do you think Russ Wilson finishes in the top five? Right now, he's right at five.
1: Ah, uh, Man, I, I want to say yes. I mean, it looks like, to me, it just looks like they, they had a game plan for the start of the season to catch everybody off guard. They did in Atlanta, and they did against the Patriots. I think even after that first game, I didn't believe that they were going to do that again and, and let Russ cook like that for the first half. Uh, but they continued. They kept going at the great corners of New England they kept going at Stephon Gilmore which is crazy Um, but I mean obviously to me it's obvious that this guy talking about Russell Wilson can handle that load I know we were going back and forth before about him being a 500 550 600 attempt passer and we were talking about if that's questionable we haven't really seen him do it some of the games that he's lost were high production attempts as far as throwing the ball but I think he's coming to his own. I think he's finally given the tools that he needs, like these receivers. Um, and I mean, we've seen Chris Carson. I didn't think he had that talent in the past game, but he does. And he's obviously there to make plays. And, and he can do it. He's he's a threat outside of the backfield to, to catch passes. And we all know what Russ can do outside of the pocket. And I mean, he's just super accurate. He has that crazy connection with Lockett looks like his other receivers are high percentage and catching too. I just don't know what it's going to be, to, what it's going to take to stop this guy. The number one pass defense last year, New England can't stop him. I mean, I think a lot of pass defenses and secondaries are losing hope and shaking in their boots with seeing Russell Wilson on their schedule. So uh, I mean, it's hard to say yes, but I think this year, I think he does finish in that top range.
0: Damn, that's pretty awesome. and. Thanks for thanks for letting me sneak that in uh, for extra content right there. Because hey, <laughs> who doesn't want to talk about Russ and talk about more football in general? So uh. yeah, alrighty, man, you're up.
1: All right, so we're pretty aware, especially from last year and, and coming into this year, we're pretty aware of what teams are most likely to either appear in the Super Bowl or appear in their conference championship. Right, you got KC, you got Baltimore, you got hopefully a healthy San Francisco or Seattle, but there's some emerging teams too. And I like a lot of these emerging teams, especially with that seventh seed. We know how scary a a wild card team can be when they hit the ground running and they hit their stride going into week 16, 17 and into the playoffs. So aside from the teams that are highly expected to make it to a conference title, whether it's AFC or NFC, what is one or maybe even two teams that you think are still kind of under the radar that could even make it to a conference title game?
0: I'll, I'll start that with a question. Do the Buffalo bills count?
1: Uh, you know, I would count the Buffalo Bills. I, I mean, everyone knows they're a great team, but everyone knows that they have uh, hurdles to, to get past. Also, Josh Allen is still a young quarterback. I would, I would count that as an underdog.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, Hey, I, I know they, they were a playoff team a year ago and all, but uh, I, I know you and I had, had some conversations about the bills kind of surprising us in our own picks for by the week and into the playoffs even. And uh, dude, I mean, If the Bills lacked a passing game last year, and that's what was supposed to take them over the top this year, then how could you not see the Bills as being one of those teams to answer your question? Uh, I mean, we just talked about Josh Allen, and we know that I, I think their defense isn't playing up to last year's level just yet, but I will say every year, at the beginning of the season, for the most part, I expect offenses to be ahead of defenses. So I can't say that I'm worried about the Bills defense just yet. Uh, I look around. I don't see another AFC team that I like for that category. I think, you know, the Chiefs and the Ravens are just too strong. Uh, to You know, there, there could be an upset, but then that's the Bills to me. So I'm looking over in the NFC, someone that can sneak into a wild card spot and, you know, I know I'm an Eagles fan. You know I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, I just don't see quitting that team. So I can keep it real at the same time and say week three is a good bet to bet against Philly. But at the same token, it's a marathon. It's a long season. Even if they don't blow off the doors and win the division, there is that extra seed. So I think the Eagles could wind up being in that category. They have a lot of work to right the ship, but I think they're one of those teams in that category. I think the Rams. I mean... I can't f- fully sell anyone listening, especially you, that the Rams are an underdog after making the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I know they missed the playoffs last year, but, like, they were right there. And they, they persevered through some contract changes and some offensive line changes. and they, they were right there still last season. But, hey, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and I think I can cheat and say the Rams are another team in that category to fit the bill. Uh, but that kind of be it for me. I look around the league and I can't buy Arizona yet. To be honest, I just can't. I, I need to see more. I need to see more football to say the Cardinals are that type of team. Uh, Green Bay made the NFC title game. I can't say them. Uh, I don't buy the Bears. I know they made it the title game, or no, they made the postseason a couple years ago. And I guess since there was a quarterback change in Tampa Bay and they didn't make the playoffs that that might be the glaring answer staring at us to be honest is tampa bay uh and that'll be the last team that i'll roll with but if i had to give the team with the best odds to do it yeah i'm gonna go with the buccaneers man
1: yeah i hear you on philly man they they could just you know build up enough chemistry to the end of the season have all of their players off ir and healthy by the end of the season and and make a final push by that time you have an offense with a rookie and a mile, nobody's really seen that much film on Miles Sanders and what this offense can do with a fully equipped receiving core and Miles Sanders in the backfield. So it's gonna be pretty hard to defend, um, especially since their defense, I think still in the future, their defense is still pretty underrated. I like the addition of Nicole Roby Coleman. Obviously, Darius Slay is one of the best corners in the league. So I think with that pass rush and with pass rush and playmakers in the secondary, I think they can definitely make some noise. Obviously, again, I had them in the NFC title game. Um, I'm going to stay within division um, that, that you mentioned the Rams. I know you said not just yet on the Cardinals, but there's something about this team that has a buzz. So my team, you went with the Bills and the AFC, so I'm going NFC breaks my heart because it's in my division but the cardinals there's just something about this team i didn't think it would click that early with deandre hopkins and Kyler murray and they're just making it happen and not to mention we already know there's chemistry with murray and christian kirk from last year murray and the ever so young larry fitzgerald and looks like both of their backs are making plays too Kenyon drake and chase edmonds they're being utilized so this is pretty hard to stop. Kyler Murray is being so intelligent with his offense and his placement of the football, but also with using his legs, he's smart about it. He's not taking hits, something that we cringe. Every time we see Lamar take, uh, take the ball into his own hands, he's taking hits. Kyler's not. So he's being smart about it. He looks poised. He throws a beautiful football, man. For, for a guy with his frame, that football comes out quick. He's got a quick release. And I mean, that ball looks catchable every time he releases it or you can see that he throws it out of harm's way. One of the the biggest things that actually popped out at me is they had a trouble with turnovers last year. They're not great, but they're at least even so they're not giving the ball away. But defensively, defensively, they're seventh in total yards. That's crazy because I didn't really see anybody on this defense besides Chandler Jones and a little aging Patrick Peterson that could hold it down. But they're making it happen. And they did it against a pretty stout front seven, both teams, against the Niners, against the Washington Redskins. I think this team may be sneaky for real this year, just because they're so hard to defend with that quarterback and that receiving core, man.
0: And you know what, dude, to be honest with you, I knew that was your pick, which is, like, <laughs> I absolutely knew it. If you would have asked me, I would have got it right. Uh, hey, there's a lot to like about the Cardinals. You're right about Kyler Murray. I actually went at length in conversation uh, before the season started with, actually in a group text with my dad and bro. They asked me who I thought would be the top three most improved teams in the league. Arizona was on my list and I had them up there because I was kind of looking at their missed opportunities, you know, rookie quarterback, year one head coach. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins at the time. and their defense had a had a lot of improvement to do. Although they didn't have Patrick Peterson for the entire season, he missed some time. But look, if that team, what I told them, and I'll share it with you, if they can just score an extra field goal per game, that gives them three more wins, possibly four or five. When you throw momentum into the into the equation, and I love their secondary, dude. I mean, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, and they even signed a vet and Drake Kirkpatrick. So. I like their secondary coming into the season and look, they signed Devondre Campbell linebacker to play next to Jordan Hicks. That's tough in the middle. That is very tough. So I kind of saw a defense that's improved, even if some of their young players like Hassan Reddick and Isaiah Simmons, they may be struggling, but I think they have some time to learn the game because they have some good vets to learn from and they're the complementary pieces. Uh, So I can totally see it, man. I I ain't mad at you. I actually want, I like the Cardinals. I I don't think if, for anyone that's watched two weeks of football to say they don't like watching the Arizona Cardinals would be living on the past, uh, that's a good pick, man. And uh, yeah.
1: Thanks, man. I mean, hey, college fans and NFL fans, this offense is both. So it's super exciting. You, You can't not be excited. Um, and watch at the edge of your seat, watching Kyler Murray play, man. I mean, he, lo- he looks like a teenager out there with his frame, but you got NFL players, they have an NFL mixed with a college style offense. I think it's working now after a full off season or two full off seasons uh, with this coaching staff. And you're right, defensively, they're, they're, they're making it happen, um, but it was just surprising for me to see them defensively top seven in total yards. Um, the one thing that you mentioned about the defense, is hey, Kyler Murray's keeping the offense on the field too. So, defense is spending a lot of time studying um, those images from the coach's film of high in the skybox. And maybe they're just rested and they're just playing with a whole lot of heart. And I mean, it's pretty energizing if you're on the defensive side of the ball for the Cardinals to see Kyler Murray ball and, and keep you rested like that. So,
0: that was one of the main things that uh, I like for that team too. Absolutely energizing And hey, Let's bring this thing around to the fifth. You know what? You want to ask me your fifth question first? Yeah, I like this question,
1: actually, because I already have, uh, I already have my answer, obviously, for this one. But pretty interesting here. We're, we're going to flip the switch and think very, very detailed. For all these teams that we see succeed, there's always a reason why they either make it to the playoffs or make a final run. And I think it's always due to a major improvement of one specific unit, whether it's O-line, whether it's linebackers, secondary, wide receiving core, anything. So out of any of the teams that we think might even be in this Super Bowl run could be a high favorite, like Casey or Baltimore or Seattle, or it could be an emerging team that we spoke about, uh, slipping into this, uh, seven seed on both side bubble. So out of, any team which unit do you think needs to improve or do you think you would need to see more of an improvement for them to make a run into the playoffs
0: Ooh, sweet question here man i like it well am i supposed to pick out one team in particular or one unit in general
1: uh, let's go with one team one team that you like and then there's just a unit of that team, like, hey man, like their secondary or their front seven that you think needs to improve over the course of the season for them to make an actual run at a title game?
0: Fair enough. For me, this one is super easy. Uh, before I get to that team and that unit, I will say in general, I look at two things O line. You don't have to have the best individuals, but if they can get things clicking together in unison, man that is dangerous that is very dangerous and usually usually how you get those guys up front to work in unison you got to get them in rhythm just like anybody else and that's by running the football so you i'm a big proponent o-line is your most important thing that makes a break your entire team in my opinion not only does it help your offense as we both stated for multiple teams throughout this episode it helps your defense so Overall, speaking in general terms, I'm going with that O-line. They got to they be together. They got to be one. When I'm looking at a team with high aspirations like the Baltimore Ravens, I only have one question because we know what they can do, which is almost everything. And they're great in situational football. They force turnovers. There's not a lot that they don't do at a high level, including what I'm putting in the spotlight here to answer your question, including their passing attack which has been very efficient. Lamar threw over 30 touchdowns last year, caught fire last week yet again, uh, even though the defense tried to make him limit his na- legs and contain him, he, he made the right reads, he made the right throws. Uh, but I have to say, I, I have similar questions about the Ravens offense coming into the year as I did about the 49ers. I don't know who I can say I trust him. So I have to see more out of Mark Andrews. I have to see more out of Lamar Jackson as a passer. I have to see more out of their backfield. Can Mark Ingram, you know he's had a career where he's been very above average, very solid and clutch at times, and he's utilizing the passing game. They're gonna need him down the stretch, but if he's nicked up, I do kind of worry about having a back that can catch the ball like that. Uh, I look at Marquise Brown. What's not to like, man? He he runs routes as polished as you can expect a second-year receiver to run. I know Mark Andrews has stormed onto the scene. They have those two guys to lean on, but I have questions about them individually and Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. I question their passing attack, when they're gonna need to, not only in wintertime football, but when they're behind. We've seen those issues, playing from behind, uh, they're, they kind of look like a different football team. So yeah, I'm going straight to the top at a team that went 14 and two, but they, but they lost in the playoffs the past two seasons. They have a hurdle to get over, man.
1: Yeah, definitely a clear hurdle. We, we saw it against the chargers. Um, and then we saw it uh, again this year. So I, I see what you're saying. Obviously the receivers that relying on, there's only one veteran Snead on that team. And, We're not really sure if he can carry the load in a playoff run, if they shut down Mark Andrews, you're going to rely on a second year Philly Brown who was already hobbled the first year. Uh, I mean, a lot of the receivers, not really the biggest guys too. So against if you press cover them and they attack Lamar at the line, I mean, we've seen bill Belichick give a blueprint to the Rams. So I want to, I want the audience to take a look at a lot of the Rams losses this year. I don't know why they're not playing us this way but if they cover our outside tight ends or the outside of our tackles and play six to seven men on the line that's what the patriots did in the super bowl and that's what kind of shut down our run game and kept goff in the pocket and the chargers gave the blueprint to stopping lamar jackson running dime on first and second down which is unheard of you're going to give up a little bit in the run game but if you're stout like the chargers and you have a good front seven and you could put five, six, seven DBs on the field. Obviously that's gonna match Lamar's speed and the receiver speed. That slowed him down twice already. So you're right, if you can stop him early and make him play from behind, that's a huge, huge hurdle for that team. Um, We talked about the Chargers. My unit is the Chargers secondary. And on paper, they have three of the top 17 rated corners by PFF. So I know they lost Derwin James. So that's why I'm gonna hone in and say hey with or without him you still have all-stars on that secondary um they have ballers in the front seven but i think to help out your rookie quarterback if he's going to play a lot more games with tyrod Hurd, tyrod or not either one of those quarterbacks you're going to have to help him out and make sure that the offense stays on the field but when the defense is on the field you don't give it up you don't give up a lot of points so that your quarterback is always in the game it's always a one position game so i think hey chris Harris is. Chris Harris has won a lot of all pros, a lot of pro bowls, uh, same thing for both sides on their corners, Hayward and King. It's up to them to carry this team. We already know Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa can do so. It's really, really up to the secondary. They can play a lot of man coverage They They should be shining in zone coverage with their veteran, uh, history. They showed it against Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately just let it slip at the very end, but they had a great game plan, but they have to continue that success. If they're going to make a playoff run i think it's all up to them um to help their quarterback out
0: good point man for a team that hey they made the postseason a couple years ago uh they they won a dozen games with the chiefs a couple years ago so they're not far removed from a taste of success uh i like it they, they're stingy back there they really are and you know they have all the makings to be a strong defensive team that could spearhead a playoff run steelers almost did it last year so that Charger O is going to have to give him a little oomph to, get, to actually make, make it happen and get it done. Uh, all right, man. The very last question here, I wanted to save something, you know, uh, euphoric, something fun, so just for last. And I, I'll tell you the question, but, I'll, you know, I'll give you my guy first. Uh, you know, a question that popped into my head is who is one of your favorite retired players? Uh, and you know, for me, I talk about him almost every month and he's been retired for a little bit. Terrell Owens. I love that guy, man. Uh, I I know there's so much to be said about him not making first ballot hall of fame and sitting in the driveway and disrespecting the star. (laughs) Come on, man. He brought fun to the game and he balled out of control. This guy had 20 catches in a game before, uh, man. I mean, second most yards all time, you know, third in TDs. It's just ridiculous, man. He, I loved his celebrations. Ocho Cinco piggybacked off of that. That's part of the fun we see today. I know it wasn't pretty when he left to play San Fran, Dallas, Philly, Cincy, Buffalo, wherever else he played. Uh, I was happy I got to see T.O. play. I thought he brought it every Sunday, you didn't have questions about Terrell Owens like you had about some other guys like Randy Moss. He had a longer career than Calvin Johnson and I thought he had a higher peak than Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, By no means am I trying to throw water on anybody else's career. Uh, I'm just trying to shed a light on how great I think TO is and why Uh, I don't get many jerseys. I have a TO Jersey and I love that thing. It's one of my favorites. Um, I loved every Sunday that I had To on either my Eagles or my fantasy team. All the moments, man. Of course, I loved him going to the center, uh, going to midfield in Dallas, celebrating on that star, arms wide open. <laughs> and then he tries to do it a second time and gets knocked over. Hey, I like yeah. Really liked what the defender did. You, you saw it once. You don't need to do it again. In my home field, he did his thing. But I loved everything to did on that football field that's my guy
1: love that man loved watching terrell owens play Um, his charisma the way he plays the game you know he's a trash talker on the field but i mean nowadays who isn't that's that's what we expect out of receivers and it takes a lot to be a receiver man sometimes you're out there left on an island and if you struggle against one or two of the greatest corners in one of the greatest athletic leagues in the world people shut you down, man. So it's hard to be a receiver nowadays. You get called a diva. You're asking for too much money. You're not as important to the offense. That's tough, man. You're talking about a skill position that's eyes, mentally, hands, hips, and feet. I think it's hard, man. I know receivers are chatty. I know they get paid big bucks or they ask for the big bucks. I know they get called diva sometimes, but what do you expect, man? The receiver position has been like that forever. And that's what makes the game fun. And now you see all these guys celebrating just like how TO was, because it makes the game fun. I think that league actually realized that. I think they're embracing it a little bit more. It's definitely helped with how the emergence of of betting and the emergence of fantasy football. Everyone wants to watch until the last five seconds to see if their player um, scores a touchdown or gets some garbage yards. I mean, a lot of that times you're you're looking for that receiver to make that highlight catch. You know, OBJ's doing it. Juju is doing it. Devonte's doing it. So, To is is one of the veterans that we definitely miss watching. Um, definitely, definitely miss his uh, his celebrations. He's super creative. Uh, the guy that I have as, as a retired player that I miss is is LT Ladadian Tomlinson. Um, obviously, living in San Diego, watching him uh, carry the carry the ball all those years. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Never hurt. Uh, He was what I think a perfect passer rating as a running back too, through a bunch of touchdowns in the end zone um, with that uh, with that option halfback pass. And he was always, always the focal point, man, whether it was catching the ball screens. um, He had the nastiest stiff arm in the league and he wasn't the biggest guy, you know. Um, And now he's on uh, he's one of the highly coveted analysts on networks. And he's a part of the NFL PA too. So super, super smart guy. Um, He actually was uh, with the Chargers in the locker room to give him that game speech right before uh, they took the field against Kansas City. So you could tell they were fired up and they definitely came to play, barely losing that game by three. So I think LT is super inspirational. He definitely has the stats uh, to back up his Hall of Fame um jacket and he's one of the best running backs i've ever seen he's one of my favorite running backs just the way that he ran the ball you can tell that he was all about the team and you could rely on him in any situation
0: Ooh, i don't know if you'll believe this or not maybe you will because you know my jersey's here i have an lt jersey man and yes sir i decision was between to and lt mr abbreviations i loved Everything LT did, I'm with you 100 on that. I, I don't think many people aren't with us. Dude, LT, what I remember about that guy at the goal line, diving over the top of the pile, getting in for six, or getting a pitch, you think he's going to run or shake you? Nah, he pulls up, and you mentioned, he throws that pass, man. He Throws that pass. I remember when Antonio Gates in a big-time moment. Ah, dude, there wasn't much this guy couldn't do. I caught some of Marshall Falk's career and I'm so happy that I did when it comes to LT I watched all of his career and when I have to do my grading and my all-time list I, I don't really throw in players I didn't get to watch from day one LT is my favorite running back LT is my number one running back on that list for the era of football that I've gotten to watch so Glad you brought him up, man. I'm, I'm really glad you brought him up. Um, good Lord, dude. LT was just sensational. He uh, he had back-to-back rushing titles. Yeah, he won an MVP. <laughs> he set a record with uh, scoring a rushing touchdown in 18 straight games. Unbelievable, just a remarkable player, just like T.O. was. And uh, hey, hopefully this stirred up some thoughts in your head or some com- some conversation uh, diehards holler at us, man. We want to hear your favorite players, uh, retired and current, I guess, but let's reminisce a little bit. Uh, some retired players, whether it was on your favorite team or not. Uh, what do you think of the quarterbacks we talked about today about some of the veterans being able to win another Super Bowl. about some players that may be underrated. Drew and I think Matt Ryan's underrated. I did lean towards Aaron Jones and, uh, do you believe Josh Allen and Teddy Bridgewater who are currently top five in passing yards? Do you think they'll hang up there? So some questions, uh, we welcome the interaction and some, some questions moving forward. Uh, Drew, you want to drop a line before we head out?
1: Oh man, that was pretty fun. Our first crack at it, I think went really well. I had a lot of, a lot of fun uh, thinking on the spot and giving my answer just straight from the heart and, and for all the homework that we do, I think uh, it's, it's beautiful to see the game in our own perspective. And I love hearing it from other people's perspective, too, whether it's you or our family and friends or anybody that's going to drop a comment at the bottom. So appreciate it so much, you guys. This is a fun, a fun, awesome project that we uh, spend a lot of time on. Uh, I wanna, I'm want to. i so appreciative of you invited me on, Wes. And I think you're doing a great job, man. And I can't wait to see what uh, we have in the future, man.
0: Here's the 17 and 0 this year man because we play every week here. <laughs> Here's the 17 and 0 season. Uh and, and part of that team are are the listeners, are the diehards. So, hey, thanks for listening everybody. We'll see you at the when we do the week 3 preview. We'll we'll give you our picks and uh you already got a little sneak peek at some upsets and maybe if you're a betting man like I am, maybe you'll win some money this week. Uh But definitely hit us up with your NFL questions, especially your fantasy football questions. I'm not one to boast, neither is Drew, to be honest. Uh, But we're pretty good at fantasy football. You don't have to take my word for it. But, hey, ask for help. You'll start winning. All right, diehards. We'll see you on the other side. Peace.